Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Yes, we are live for a brand new edition of On to the Next One following UFC 279 which went down last night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. The main event was a different kind of main event. Nate Diaz wins again in a number of different ways. And no matter what was thrown at this man, he exits the UFC in the most perfect way possible, the most Nate Diaz way possible, at least for now, perhaps. And there's a lot to talk about from a matchmaking perspective and just an overall thought perspective from UFC 279 but I am Mike Heck fair warning I didn't sleep very much not sure if I even slept at all to be honest so I don't know what kind of mood I'm gonna be in luckily the Patriots don't play till later on so I can't get super angry because I have a feeling that's not gonna go very well but it could go hit it's hit or miss here I'm either gonna be super grumpy or I'm just gonna be super positive and fun but we're here with all of you if you have matchmaking suggestions for a certain fight that we're talking about, please throw them in the chat. We'll throw them on the screen. And at the end of our banter, we will go full on chaos with your matchmaking picks. We're just going to unlock the door. You guys are going to go bananas. And then we're just going to throw them all out and react to as many as we can. But joining me in this adventure, as you can see, the co-host, the cult matchmaker, the Prince O Positivity, the best friend. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, ain't nothing to F with, A.K. Alexander Kaylee. Hello, sir. What's up, my best friend? Wu-Tang's for the children, as we all know. Uh, yeah, let, <laughs> what a show. I mean, I know we're going to, we can, you know, dip more into the main event in a second, but Nate Diaz, first of all, what a, what an incredible and poetic finish, finishing 252 into round four with uh, two, 2.08 remaining on the clock. Shout out to the great state of Idaho, right? We all know uh, Nate Diaz, strong ties to the state of Idaho. So to have uh, 2.08, you know, the number we all, the three digit number area code we all associate with Nate Diaz, to have that, you know, as the official time of the stoppage uh, on screen 
just amazing. Shoutouts 208. What what? Shoutouts to my people's in Idaho. So good, great stuff there. Great stuff. Uh can, can we ban this this person? Uh no, no, uh, especially their name. Russian Russian spy <laughs> Russian spy. Uh your telephone support is accepted and allowed here. Well, let's get into this thing. Um, this is kind of a weird and auspicious start to the program. We're going to start with Nate Diaz because from all indications, Nate has doubled down on this, probably tripled down on this at some point, told Joe Rogan this, and then he reiterated it again at the press conference. Last fight on his deal, last night against Tony Ferguson. It was the main event. And these two went out and had a fun fight. This is Tony Ferguson. It wasn't Hamzat Shemaev, which I think most of us are thankful for on this Sunday morning, but they went out there. They had a like an OG classic. It's what you want to see for both guys compared to the original matchups that they were in for last night because I just don't know how we're sitting here today with this feeling, this sort of sigh of relief that we have on the Sunday morning. The tone of this program, the post-fight show, the press conference, everything would have been much different had things stayed what they originally were supposed to be. They didn't. Nate gets Tony Ferguson. Nate heads into the fourth round of this fight, up three rounds to none on two scorecards. He's down two rounds to one on the other. And then Tony shoots for a takedown. He listens to his team. Nate snatches the ghillie. Tony taps. Nate rides off into the sunset as good as can be. And then he puts the company over on the way out. A-plus night for Nate Diaz. He killed it. What do we do? Do we even match make for him here? Because I think he's gone for the from the UFC for now. I don't know if he ever comes back. I kind of hope he doesn't in my heart of hearts because this is how you want to go out if you can in the UFC. Now he can go box. He can do whatever he want and just make all the money. So how do we handle this one on this show? Because this isn't a retirement. He's just done with this contract and literally everybody knows about it. Yeah, I was going to ask, is this the first time where we might consider, uh, you know, sometimes we do both people in the main event, we do the winner and the loser. I was going to say, is this the first time where we do the loser of the main event, but don't do the winner? Uh, my memory is terrible. It's Maybe it's happened before. Um, but it does feel like, at least as far as MMA goes, it doesn't make a lot of sense to pick a fight for Nate Diaz. I don't think he's coming back to the UFC right away. Um, he wonder, As he wonderfully put it at the post-fight press conference, I'm not not never going back to the UFC or something like that. He's like, he's like, I'm not coming back to the UFC, but I'm saying I'm not, not coming back to the UFC, which is, I mean, it's just really the best way to put it. You know, he's keeping his, he's keeping his options open and he has many now. One of which I think most of us assume is a move into boxing. I think, I think, I think he is, uh, that's just, listen, the Jake Paul fight is right there. I don't care when or loser is Anderson Silva. It's there. But if I'm going, uh, magic wand and any fight I want, I think we. I, I'm more leaning towards the McGregor trilogy. Um, it's just a higher quality fight. I still think that drama, that history is there. Uh, I, I listen. I'm not a Conor McGregor, big Conor McGregor fan personally by any means. But I think, as we said many times, the man is just never in a boring fight. And his first two fights with Diaz were just amazing. I'd love to see them fight in MMA again. That's not possible. But I think boxing could be great. I think it's mostly going to be stand up anyway. First fight was amazing. We saw, you know, we saw uh, Diaz mix the martial arts or, or say McGregor tried to mix the martial arts and got choked out for it. Um, and that's fine. That was great. Rematch. Awesome. Such an underrated fight, I think, like super famous fight. But a lot of people are like are just upset because I think they felt Diaz some some Diaz robbery talk. But 
I thought that was a pretty fair win for McGregor and just an awesome back and forth battle. Anyone who has any sour feelings about that fight, go back and watch it. That was just an amazing rematch. Um, so yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Uh, I say, we say Diaz McGregor three as Diaz corrected the brilliant Jose Young's, the press conference. He was like, he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Three was boxing. It'd be one. It'd be McGregor Diaz one. Uh, so <laughs> listen, Diaz was roasting everybody on Saturday. It was an honor, I think to be roasted by him. And uh, Jose Young, so oh, we've got to shout him out again. Amazing, amazing work on the ground uh, in Las Vegas this week. So I think him, him getting to be part of a notable part of maybe the best post-fight uh, press conference uh, scrum ever is is is, is to uh, Jose's credit. So thanks again, Jose, for all the amazing coverage. Yeah, and if the fight we were supposed to get happened, we're probably not getting either of these moments, and we're just feeling like garbage this morning if we're being honest we're just feeling so sad and and heartbroken but i'll just throw out a suggestion nate just keep fighting the fight that you got on the map to begin with that helped bring you to this place that we are in right now nate diaz versus the freaking world go box jake paul go fight connor outside of the ufc make all of the money do you and if this was the last UFC fight, and like I said earlier, I really hope it is because you don't see this in the UFC. We don't we don't get this feeling that often when we're talking about the UFC. Normally, guys stick around too long. They take fights that they shouldn't, and they go out on a really bad note. This is different. I, yeah, I, I kind of hope this is it. Like, I don't want, I'm not saying he should not fight anymore. You go do you. You want to go box Jake Paul, make floppity jillion dollars, you make that money. You want to go fight Connor and make a billion dollars? Go do it. But Social Gloves UFC, three, Social Gloves three, headline it. Do it, Nate. Do go it. headline. So for anyone who doesn't know about the Social Gloves two, if we're judging just by uh, you know know how the sausage is made, judging by like whatever traffic metrics or whatever, whatever numbers are, that I don't even understand. Uh, very high. A lot of oh, interest. Incredible. <laughs> a lot of interest. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. You people are all nuts. But for Tony Ferguson. AK, the man wants to keep going. He said he had a lot of fun. He's ready to work on what he needs to work on. Learning is a very big thing for him. And he said he's hanging his hat, not just at 170, but the hat is still hung at 155. But a lot of people, and, and you know, I'm seeing different things in the comments and we've seen it throughout the show. While a lot of us enjoyed this main event for what it was, a lot of us also left with the feeling, and this has been a, a common theme thus far in this program, relief. A little bit of relief here because Tony got to have his spotlight against another big star, against another Wiley veteran, and he wasn't going to get brutally knocked out, which I feel would have happened. There's a very good chance of that happening if he fought Lee Jing Liang last night. So how do we match make for Tony Ferguson? Because it doesn't seem like the man's going anywhere. Uh, I still, you know what? I, I like him fighting 170. I like him not having to cut weight. I like him having as much hydration as he can to preserve what's left of his, you know, his battle-tested brain, to put it nicely. I don't think it's an insult to say that, you know, he's got his cage rattled a few times. Everyone who's been in the, he's 38. Anyone who's been in the business that long has had their cage rattled and he's been in some serious wars. So I got a rematch on the on the plate for uh, El Kukui. Mike, um, another lightweight who's competed at welterweight. They fought before. Uh, Ferguson beat him in their first outing, part of his uh, legendary 12-fight win streak. I think we've brought this up on, on to the next one before. Maybe we wanted it at 155. Maybe we wanted it at 170. But I think you can run it back with RDA. I think it's a fun fight. Um, I, don't mean, I don't know if people don't want that because both guys are on losing streaks. And I, I am not framing it as a loser leaves town match. 
Um, particularly for RDA. I think RDA could lose and still get a few more fights. Ferguson's going to be tricky. Uh, if he loses again, it'll be six straight. And I mean, listen, when you're losing to Michael Chandler, Nate, Charles Oliveira, Gaethje, etc., it's not the worst thing. I think the UFC takes that into account. But he's also a big ticket item. And at some point, they are going to let um, Tony Ferguson go in favor of signing eight contender series, um, sign, you know, uh, uh, prospects or people from that show. So uh, I like the RDA fight. I think it's winnable for him. Uh, I think it's entertaining. I think uh, it's been long enough since their first fight. I'm looking now almost six years or whenever this gets booked. It'll be six, yeah, it'll probably be over six years. Not, I know, not a super sexy pick. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, you'll find that it might be the theme for me with this show because the storylines going in were super muddled, especially after Friday. And I don't know if there is any clear path for a lot of these guys. Uh, but, you know, my best friend, you might have uh, you might have a much clearer path for a lot of these fighters than than I've got. I was kind of thinking a lot about this one and this has been one of the toughest choices, honestly. And it was for a while. I'm like, what do we do here? Because, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, any sort of option that popped into my mind, I didn't really enjoy. None of them made me feel good inside like this Nate fight did. So I, I just couldn't land on anything that made me happy at all. So that made me like nod my head and I'm like, eh, and then it just hit me. What we need to do is just keep Tony Ferguson in this role for a little bit. We do the vet tour. We do the OG tour. I like the RDA idea. It's a good one. The fun fight tour. I'm going back a little bit in the rankings because it's still going to be fun. And I still think RDA is, is, is pretty darn good. He might not be a guy that's fighting for a world title anytime soon, but he's still pretty good. Get me Tony Ferguson versus Joe Lozon. I mean, this is, this is what I want to see for both guys. It's just fun. Two guys who have historically had horrible luck in the build to fights, and maybe their horrible luck will just cancel each other out, and they'll both bring it, and it'll be fun to watch. So, yeah, that, that's what I ended up with, and I was like, all right, I'm good with this. Yeah, I love that pick. I had uh, I had Lausanne as an option because I was checking like um, the guys at Lightweight who have either like been out of action and might want to, like when they come back, might want to not have to worry about cutting weight and just fight up a class, and I'm like, yeah, Joe Lausanne, perfect. Good stuff. Love it. Big fight for both guys. Totally into it. So uh, if only I'd gone that way, we could have had a live friends forever moment, Mike, but um, yeah, there's still time. Yes. And how do we not love Ferguson versus Hooker? Hooker is fighting. So we can't match make for Dan Hooker. Because yes, we should, should we warn did. people? Should we yeah, warn why don't you go ahead and Who was that? that? Who was that? Who was that? Was that a regular or who was that? Uh, that is Ruben Dietz. Okay. Thank you, Ruben Dietz. Uh, if you're a regular listener of uh, on the next one, you're very welcome. Uh, otherwise, first time, you're, you're also you're even more welcome. Uh, but yes, guys, please, we uh, we're gonna ask. We're gonna have a segment later where we're definitely gonna focus on you and your picks. So I mean, drop them in now if you want. But I would definitely recommend also shooting them in second half of the show. That's where we're gonna focus on reading those out. Uh, but please, you can take like two seconds, two seconds, and check topology, tap, check Sherdog, check whatever news sites you normally check to see if matchups are made. And please don't recommend people who are already booked because those picks are doo doo. Uh, pardon my language. I'm my best friend. You know, I get fired up sometimes after cards. That's doo-doo. That's straight doo-doo. So please uh, try and vet your picks just a little bit. I understand it's hard to keep track. Plus, there's rumors. Sometimes there's fights that aren't like listed because they're just kind of rumblings or in the works. But Dan Hooker has been has clearly been reported as books for like a while now. Um, so that's our first little. Uh, that's not a huge doo-doo pick. Again, this, that's a little sprinkling of a poop uh, on yeah. the show right now. A little, a little sprinkling. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the co-main event. This was the fight that felt like the main event. This is where all the tension was after 
a crazy Thursday, an even crazier Friday. And we can feel however we feel about one Hamzat Shemayev after a horrendous fight week. I mean, this was one of the all-time bag fumblings in the history of the sport. But in the end, the guy steps in the cage and he's an absolute friggin' monster. And he just ragdolled Kevin Holland. And Holland did his damnedest to try to make something happen. And he just couldn't. He was just helpless in there. He was totally and utterly helpless against Hamza Shemaev. And credit to Tony, or excuse me, Kevin Holland for like surviving as long as he did. But man, that was just a ferocious performance. That is the definition of destruction. For the fourth time during this run, AK, this stat is just mind-boggling. Hamza Shemaev absorbed zero strikes in a UFC fight. In fact, Hamza didn't even land a significant strike in this fight at all. That is insane. The question is, and I'm glad you're going first on this one, what do we do with this guy? Because anyone who is familiar with this program that listens regularly on the podcast network, weight misses is something that you do not take lightly. If the UFC is not going to penalize them, you will do it here on this program. And he missed weight by a lot. And he's been a bit of an issue outside of the cage, for sure. But in it, it's going to be very, very tough to beat this guy. So what do we do? Appalling, disgusting, deplorable, Mike. Uh, that's my feelings on the weight miss. Uh, I, as thrilled as I was with the performance, yeah, I, I, I would hope um, going forward, we still always keep this incident in mind. I, I can't imagine him escaping it super easily. He did the most important thing. He took care of business in the cage. Making weight hugely important. Obviously, I, I'm not downplaying that. Like I said, I love weigh-ins. I'm, I'm, I take. I think they should be taken very seriously. Even though I think the whole process of extreme weight cutting is absurd and needs to stop. For now, everyone has signed on and kind of agreed to that that particular social contract, and we have to live with it. And you should at least come close to making weight eight and a half pounds over, uh, seven and a half pounds over. Excuse me, ridiculous. Um, it, uh, it does feel to me like there was some idea he thought that well, oh, I don't if I don't make it. There's a fight. There's Kevin Holland's coming in 180. Uh, Dan Rodriguez coming in uh, 180. I could get one of those guys. We don't know that. That's really speculation. The the official story from Dana White and from Hamza Shemaev, doctors did not allow him. Dana White said his body was locking up. Hamza did not say that, but that was from the Dana White side. He said um, that doctor said that uh, the body was locking up and, and he was not permitted to cut more weight. Again, people, make of that what you will. The truth is somewhere in there. Um, some parts of the story are probably true. Some parts are probably embellished, to put it nicely. Uh, but yeah, if we want to find a good matchup for him, I love the idea of the Paulo Costa fight. I think I saw a lot of people throw that out there. And I'm super down for it. I think you could have it 185. Obviously, I think you could do a catch weight if you wanted. If we were just going to like completely toss out you know, uh, divisions and would you have it 190? Bump both guys back up to 205. Paulo Costa just did that with... Uh, with um, Marvin Vittori, he said, oh, yeah, we're going to do a 205 fight instead. And they did. Um, this is kind of a weird thing, Mike, isn't it? That we've had fighters recently kind of just call their own weight class during fight week. It, we had Nick Diaz do it with Robbie Lawler. He said, yeah, I'm not making, I'm not making uh, what was supposed to be a 170, I guess. It's like this middleweight. We had Paulo Costa do it with Marvin Vittori. And now in a much less official way, we had Hamza Shamayev just do it with Kevin Holland saying, oh, yeah, I'm just going to fight at 180 now. Keep me on the card somehow. Um this is weird, right? I mean, this is, do we think like this is like a, a bad precedent or do we think like this is like a thing we'll look back on in, in 22 and be like, ah, it happened three times and hasn't happened since, you know? 
be. I mean, no matter how you feel about it, Hamzat made this card way more interesting with all the shenanigans because, and I mean, even with Nate and Tony, like for all of us, it was just like, cool. This is our, this is, this was what Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. was a couple of years ago. We're just like, all right, these two guys, these OGs, these fun fighters who have given us everything over these years, just get going there and have a fun fight. We're not going to be crushed by it. But the tent, like the all the main event tension, all the storylines, everything surrounding this card was still on Hamza Shamaya. Maybe even more so because he got Kevin Holland and not Nate Diaz. So it's, I mean, it's a double edged sword. This is very bad. It's very bad. But still, it's so interesting now because of this performance. And we talked about it a lot. If he just goes out there and just trucks Kevin Holland, do we forget about everything that happened? Probably not, but winning changes a lot of things. And the narrative is still, yeah, Hamzat still did these pretty awful things, but this guy might be the best, this guy might be the best fighter we've ever seen. It's very, I mean, we just we've never seen anything like this guy. We just haven't. So it's 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 just a weird it's a weird world world we are living in right now in the year of our Lord 2022 AK. I just want to say something. I'm sorry, I was looking at the comments, Mike, regarding him never and we talked about this a lot on the post fight show. Um regarding Hamza ever going back to 170. Uh let's just I, I am using the old adage of fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So I think like like let, let, let me put it this way. There is more evidence that he can make 170 than there is that he can't. This is literally his first miss. He has not missed weight uh, competing at 170 or at 185, obviously. Uh, and at the same time, everyone questioning him could be absolutely right. Sometimes all it takes is kind of one like super bad miss for us to like, you know, to realize, oh yeah, this guy's was killing himself to make 170. Like it's a miracle he made it, whatever, however many times he did and should never do this again. Totally understandable. Very true. But I'm just saying for everyone's like, for sure, he's not coming back. Anthony Johnson, who we made a lot of comparisons to, um, to comes out last night. Uh, Anthony Johnson missed weight by like four pounds, five pounds, twice, I think, maybe more than twice, I think, in the UFC when he was competing 170. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the same uh, spotlight on him that Hamzat has, but you did not hear people going like, oh, there's no way he can make 170 again. No, he, he missed by four or five pounds and then went back and made 170 again. So uh, Hamzat, again, it's a different case. I'm not saying it's a direct apples to apples um, comparison between him and Anthony Johnson, but, you know, let's not, let's not, uh, have this knee-jerk reaction to everything where it happens once and like, oh, well, that's it. He's done. It's like, no, he's made it multiple times. You've seen him make it in the OC. He's made it before he was in the OC. Um, so you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all if you think he can't make it. But I say give him one more shot. And fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's it. That's, you know, old school wisdom, I say. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people, um, I don't know if like defending Hamzat is, is the right way to look at it. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Listen, let's not defend it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. You, it's, it's indefensible. No, it's, it's indefensible. Yeah. Now the UFC step in the doctor stepping in and saying, "Hey, stop cutting weight." There's nothing. It's not like Hamzat was weighing 174. Like they knew super early that he was going to miss by a lot. So at that point, you just you're worried about the fighter safety. If he still has seven and a half pounds to cut to make weight, what are they supposed to do? Hey, Hamzat, destroy yourself. Destroy yourself just so you can fight Nate Diaz for us. No, because what if Hamzat made weight and just like collapsed somehow? Like, what if that happened? What if that happened? And the UFC's not gonna take that risk. So I don't know, man. It's it's 
you can't just say you can't just say, oh well, the UFC and the doctor said it's cool. Like, so Hamza gets no blame. He gets all of the blame here. He gets all of the blame. And yep. if we're being fair, the doctor is the one that like he's the guy who stepped in and said, stop cutting weight, dude. Like you're going to hurt yourself, but it's just, I don't know. You can't defend it. You just can't. It's, it's fine. I actually, to say this, and then we'll talk about the actual matchmaking in a moment. I actually liked what Hamzat said at the post-fight press conference because he was asked about his attitude and he was asked about how he sort of handled it. Just went up, he was smiling, he was laughing about it, and then he was posting everything on social media, and people just destroyed him for that. But he said something that was interesting. He kind of he went to some dark places at the post-fight press conference, but he also sort of took the mask off and he sort of opened up a little bit. He's very respectful of Kevin Holland. So invited Kevin Holland to go freaking train with him after push apparently push kicking him in the chest backstage randomly before the UFC 279 press conference that lasted like 15 whole minutes. But he basically just said like, hey, listen, I wasn't going to make weight. It was over. It was done. They knocked it off. I mean, they, they said I couldn't cut anymore. So what am I supposed to do? Just dwell on it? Am I supposed to just cry about it? No. Like, I'm trying to move on to the next thing. I have there's nothing I can do to control this now. If they're going to keep me on the card, then I just need to move on. I, I We just need to move on. So I actually agree with him there. And that's what you need to do to prepare yourself for a fight and remain on the card so you can fight and do what you need to do to take care of yourself and your family. Fine. Um, but still, to sit here and say he's blameless at all this and that we should be blaming the UFC and the doctor and not Hamzat Shamayev is just a terrible take. And I'm sorry. But uh, do we... Uh, Mike, what, what are Mike, we going to do say, here? Mike, I will say, I will say, uh, I... I wish he'd had the doctor from the Chris Barnett fight. I think the doctor from the Chris Barnett fight would have let him keep cutting weight. <laughs> God bless the doctor in the Chris Barnett Jake Collier fight, who was literally holding, holding Chris Barnett's swollen eye open and asking him, "Can you see? Can you see? Hold on, can you see? Can you, can you yeah. see?" And guess what? He could see, and he won the fight. So if that doc, if that doctor was doing the Shmaya weight cut, he'd be like, he would have been like, "Can you still move? Do you still have? Let me see you spit. Are oh, you still have liquid in you? Yeah, go ahead. Go. <laughs> yeah, again we." We don't know the whole story, like you said. That some, some, something doesn't sound right. And and above all, keep, you're right. Keep in mind the the onus falls on Hamza Shemayev. It 100%. falls on Hamza. He he doesn't have to come into uh, fight week weighing whatever he weighs. You know what I mean? He he knows his body. You know he's again. We don't know the truth. It, 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 we don't know the full truth, but we do know he was well, well, well overweight and all week. Um, and maybe he's been this way before, but listen, he got away with it before. He didn't get away with it this week. That's on him, not on anybody else. So what are we going to do? Uh, like I said, I, I, I yeah. like, I like, let's, yeah, let's, I like Costa. I'm sticking with, like yeah, Costa I'm sticking with Paul yeah. Costa. Okay. Yeah. I'm not like in love with it. It's not my favorite thing. I, and again, a perfect world. I'd wave my magic wand and get his ass back at welterweight comfortably against, um, not, not like, I want to see Edwards Usman three. So I don't know who Shemaev could fight there. Um, again, Colby Compton, a great answer, but. He's got his whole legal thing. Him and Masvidal are just, gosh, they've got this legal thing. And part of, you know, Covington's whole deal is that he was given brain damage by Masvidal uh, in this alleged assault. So I don't know when we'll see Covington fight again. I think that, like, the length, the wording of that lawsuit really complicates him getting back in there and fighting again anytime soon. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Um, so perfect world. He fights Colby Covington. I sincerely doubt it's going to happen. So I'm just kind of skewing midway between what I think will happen and what I want to see happen and just landing on uh, Bo Bohachinia. 
Friends forever. Uh, now again, and I'm exactly with you on this. The, I think mm. this is the this is just the fight that happens, and why not? And if Paul Costa is going to be a pain in the ass, which there's, there's a very good chance that happens heading into the final fight of his UFC contract, Hamza could still be sort of put in a position to do the UFC a favor. Although technically, he's probably doing Paul Costa a favor because then Paul can trot his happy ass over to the PFL and make way more money and have a much better chance of being a champion, in my opinion. But if I'm if, if we're in Bellator, it's it's pretty simple for me. And let me just start. With this, I'm just so happy today that he didn't fight Nate Diaz because this would have been way, way worse. He would have launched Nate Diaz into the balcony, and that makes me happy that that actually didn't happen. But if he's staying at 170, if the UFC is going to give him another shot, Colby's the way to go. I think. I honestly think, like, I don't know how Colby would feel now after Hamzat missed weight by seven and a half pounds because Colby is a pro at the end of the day, and he's that would really piss him off. Uh, from a professional standpoint, and you can look at Colby in his his gimmick, if you will, however you like. But deep down, Colby's a student of the game, and he doesn't like any of that stuff. So I honestly think, like in April, like I I, I honestly like what Dana was saying, Colby versus Hamzat headlining an ABC card. I guarantee you, Colby would have taken that fight if none of the stuff with Mazadal happened and whatever, and the timing lined up, he would have taken that fight. I it just, it was perfect, perfect timing for him to take it. Now I'm not really sure. I think everything's just kind of up in the air. Dana White said the press conference, he talked to Colby last week and Colby's ready to go. But for Colby's sake, trying to advance his career, I just don't think any other fight makes sense. If Ham, if they're going to put Hamza at 170, this is the way to go. Because if Colby wins, if Colby somehow beats this friggin' monster, he's fighting, he'll fight Usman a thousand more times because You'll, that, that's one that will stick with him forever. That's one of those like legendary wins that that you stick with. If I had my druthers, and I've been saying this for a while, the fight to me to make is Robert Whitaker. That's the one. That's the one yeah. that makes me really interested. I don't think it's going to happen. I on like we talk about interesting things from that press conference. That might have been the most interesting part of the press conference because Robert Whitaker was brought up to Hamza, and he's like, "I like Robert Whitaker." I want to train with Robert Whitaker. I don't want to punch this guy in the face. He's never talked any trash about me. So I want to go fight the guys who have talked crap about me and called me out. It didn't seem like he was all that in on the Robert Whitaker idea, but from a like fight fan perspective, from a meritocratic perspective, if this is Bellator, he's fighting Robert Whitaker next. And I love that idea, but it's not going to happen. He's going to fight Paul Costa and it's going to be super fun. The build will be... <laughs> interesting maybe fun's not the word i think there will be some fun mixed in there but i think things could be yeah i think things could be cr get crazy but i do want to talk about kevin holland mm -hmm. mad respect for him and he deserves a big fight either way we need to give this man a reward for taking that fight with that animal on 24 hours notice and by the way, don't let Data White fool you. Oh, these fighters got paid. What don't do you worry mean, about Mike? What do you mean? What a shame! What a shame that Dana, <laughs> that you know Kevin Hall was posting videos and he was like, "Oh, I'm making it rain. I'm making more money." It's like apparently Dana White said he didn't. Uh, Dana White said, "Listen, these guys have contracts. Then they show up. They fight for what's on the contract. We don't. We don't give fighters extra money. Fighters cannot have leverage. There's no leverage on fight week if things change. <laughs> How silly! All these fighters just showed up for what they normally get paid." 
and uh, and and none and none was the wiser, Mike. None was the wiser. There's no, there's we don't give extra money in these situations. Come on, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Dana White watched Bull Wouldn't Durham you? yesterday morning before <laughs> he stepped up to that press conference because everything was a very professional answer. He, you could tell, you could tell the frustration on that man's face, and uh-huh. he wanted to lose his mind, and he was just. Everything was on the fence. He didn't cross any lines. You could tell he was frustrated. What I, the one thing I truly believed he said was, "I'm glad this fight with this this fight is over." <laughs> I'm glad this fight. Yeah, I'm glad this fight is over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone saying Dana did not technically say that. Dana was asked if anyone got compensated more, and he said they have deals. And then he, they followed up, and they said, "Okay, so no one got extra compensation." He said, "She said, it, go back and watch the clip." We'll go back and watch the clip. But anyways, the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Kevin Hahn versus Wonderboy. MSG, let's go. They both want it. Kevin can fight in November, one would think. The fight didn't last very long. Obviously not a good taste in Kevin Holland's mouth this morning after Hamza just threw him around the octagon, but that's the fight. Give Kevin Wonderboy. That's his reward. It's a fun fight. He doesn't have to, Holland doesn't have to fight a wrestler. Wonderboy doesn't have to fight a wrestler after fighting wrestlers two straight fights. Let him go in there and just have some fun. What do you think? Super fun fight. That's a fight night headliner. I mean, you put that, you know, UFC uh, Topeka, God willing, someday. Uh, what a great way that would be, uh, you know, to, ha- to have a card there. I went with, an, uh, I think, something I've mentioned and a lot of on to the next one listeners have mentioned in the past. Throw them in there for a Jeff Neal rematch. Um, the two fought back in the regional scene five years ago. Um, so there's always going to be some heat there. Uh, I want, it's weird, I'm kind of wanting to reward Holland for taking this very tough fight against Hamzat. That would be a big like falling upward situation for him. I think Neil, after beating Luke, is probably going to end up in most of our top tens. We'll see when the uh, the only rankings that matter, the MMA Fighting Global rankings, come out later this week. Look out for that, guys. New schedule. It will be after major pay-per-views. We've had a lot of people asking, oh, it didn't drop earlier in the month. Yes, we had been dropping our rankings, articles, and podcasts at the beginning of the month normally, which was great. That was working out great, but we realized... You know, it might make more sense to just put it right after major UFC pay-per-views when there's that huge shakeup in storylines and everyone's really, you know, kind of wants to know, oh, where did where did the pieces move uh, right away? So look for that, guys, after major UFC pay-per-views, all of our rankings business will be taken care of. And yes, uh, Jeff Neal probably be in the top 10 or at least cracking the top 12 after beating Luke. Yeah, I think he should take his spot. And I want to give Holland the chance to take Neal's spot. Um We'll see. Uh, Holland won the first fight, I believe. And uh, Neil, I'm sure, would love a chance at revenge. Ah, Neil won it, didn't he? Oh, Neil won. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me double check here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Neil, who won the first one? What is going on with me? No, uh, Kevin Holland won. Sorry. Kevin Holland Oh, really? Won. Okay. Yes. I've, third I've third round TKO. Listen, I didn't remember, Mike. I literally just looked it up. So <laughs> you're not... I'm not. I'm not fronting here. Like I. I remember. Like I. I honestly have not seen that fight. I'm not going to pretend I did. 
Um, but it definitely happened. And it's definitely something that I'm sure um, Jeff Neal would want to avenge. So yeah, run that one back. Let's steal Neil Holland too. Uh, doesn't have the cachet of a Wonder Boy fight, but I think could also headline, uh, you know, UFC um, South Dakota or whatever. <laughs> Some interesting ones here. Yeah, Holland versus Neil too here. Holland versus Mazadal. Holland versus Randy Brown. I think Randy's booked, mm. um, but I'll still something maybe after. Holland, Neil Magny. I mean, Wonderboy Ferguson's not bad. Holland won. Holland won in a lot of ways. That's for darn sure. Um, I did pick Kevin Holland. Yes, I did pick Kevin Holland, but and I was wrong. I've, I said it. Trust me, I was wrong. But this was even even my degenerate family members were texting me not degenerate but ones who like to play the ponies like is is kevin worth a, a dog shot and i thought I mean, he's probably not gonna win but if this fight gets out of the second round kevin probably will win the fight you're taking a risk but at those odds like if you're gonna bet on it you're not gonna take hamzat straight so take a shot take a dog shot on holland it just seemed like the mma gods the way they were shaping up the rest of this week it was they were going to shine light on Hamza Shamayev just having the worst week ever, but it turns out they're like, hey, I mean, we can only give you so much. So Kevin, Kevin's big win's gonna have to wait, and we got what we got. That's it. We move on. Uh, Randy Brown fighting Francisco Trinaldo October first. Yes. So and listen, Kevin could always step in if something <laughs> and would happen and would. Danny Rodriguez returns after a year, over a year away. First time we've seen him since the Kevin Lee win. Multiple hand surgeries. The guy's been through the ringer. Returns. Supposed to fight Kevin Holland. This is probably, which Kevin Holland is probably the biggest name that he's fought. I mean, Kevin Lee's a big name, but what, what, I, I just, everybody was circling that fight on the card. Everything changes. He fights Lee Jing Liang. Pretty different style. Different sort of striking. Lee can wrestle a little bit better than Kevin Holland can wrestle. Should he go that direction? D-Rod gets a split decision win. It's a super, super close fight. I looked at it. I went and watched it earlier this morning. It was really close. This is definitely not a robbery. I know I made decisions. The judges from the media landed heavily on the Lee side. But in the end, Rodriguez gets his hand raised, and no one should truly be upset about that. You feel for Lee Jingliang. You feel for Lee. But what would you like to see for D-Rod after this win? Yeah, and let me say, regarding the MMA decisions thing, um, check out what a lot of those, like, journalists actually tweeted pretty much everyone said like i'm everyone who like even people who picked lee were like oh i'm leaning towards lee but it was a close fight so it sucks when it sucks for rodriguez when you see just like oh how many people scored a 29 28 lee overwhelming it's something like 20 out of 22 23 20 like 90 percent um and, and like i said considerable sample size it's like 25 uh media member scores and like at least 20 21 22 or something were for lee but again if you go to their individual accounts and see the comments a lot of these guys were making it was a lot of just like oh First round could have gone either way. Um, and the judges were all over the place. Uh, the official scorecard, none of the rounds were unanimous. Uh, all, all the rounds uh, were disagreed upon by at least one of the judges. So that shows you, again, I think really shows you how close this fight was. Um, statistics don't tell the story at all. Go to the stats. It's not going to help you. Uh, if you watch the fight again, it's probably gonna, not going to help you. Like I said, I had it for Rodriguez. I will do a robbery review. There's enough of a demand for it. There was certainly a lot of fighters who were like, what the hell happened? I think uh, Megan Anderson was out there saying like, no way Daniel Rodriguez won that fight. Um, so uh, listen, if you listen to the fighters too, I mean, they're, they're very strongly leaning towards Lee. So I had it for Rodriguez, but I'll watch again. I'll watch again. I'll do a robbery review and I'll let you guys know. Um, I, 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 I'll let you know, of course, biased. I, do, I don't think it was a robbery, but we'll, 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 see, how, we'll see how the review goes. Um, 
for Del Rodriguez. Uh, again, I, I I was convinced it was a good win. I say move him up. Where's Where's Michael Chiesa? Where is he? Is he he's not booked. He's hurt. Um, he's hurt. He's, he's kind of he's trying to come back, but he's sure. yeah, he's he's hurt. I think he's at the point of his career where he's not going to fight more than a couple of times a year. Like he's a, he's he's only faces tough competition, very physical style, a uh, lot of grappling. It's going to be tough to get back in there. But if he can get back in there before the end of the year or early 2023, um, I think that uh, uh, Daniel Rodriguez deserves a chance to get a number next to his name. And I have him possibly taking um, cases. I love how people in here just hear something that happened on the show, but two days later didn't actually hear what I said when it came to predicting the Hamza Shemaev Kevin Holland oh, fight. God. Never once did I say like Kevin Holland was the better fighter or anything like that. I just felt like, listen, Hamzat's had a horrible week. He's been seeming rattled all week. The weight cut, it just seemed like Rome was going to collapse. It just, it just everything was going to collapse with this man at once. This is not a stylistic pick. This is a vibes pick more than anything. This is not a, ooh, let me watch the tape. There's no tape to watch. There's no tape to watch. Either Hamzat was going to do exactly what he did or Kevin Holland, who has been a survivor throughout his career, Terrible takedown defense. I think we all know this, but Kevin Holland has been able to survive with some pretty tough dudes on top of himself, on top of him for 25 minutes and was able to survive most of those fights. So who knows? Like Hamza, go back and watch that choke after all those exchanges on the ground. Go watch it. Hamza's huffing and puffing. And if Holland breaks that hold, that's a totally different fight. It didn't happen, but listen, enough is enough. It doesn't matter. But my best friend, my best friend, listen, you wanted to pick you're picking the wrong day. You wanted to pick something <laughs> magical and something chaotic. Never apologize for dreaming. Okay. Don't that's you right. ever apologize for dreaming? And this goes to you, my best friend, and also all you, all you listeners, even you, even the haters, even the haters. Have a dream and never apologize for it. Um, I mean, certainly acknowledge if you made a a, a, a bad pick, but also <laughs> you but all... your reasoning, your reasoning was sound, Michael Heck. Again, I disagree with it. I, I thought it would, I said, pick the most obvious answer, which was comes out, runs through him in a round. But that's a boring pick. Who cares? That's it a boring matter. pick. You're the real winner. It doesn't matter. And by the way, you all shit on me when I picked Roman Kopilov. That's right. And, and he won. So Hang your hat on that. This yeah. man picked Roman Kopilov somehow to win by <laughs> knockout. I'll never know how he figured that one out. And, uh, and he nailed it. Uh, for D-Rod, this is from a strict, like this is not my official pick, but from a strictly want to see basis taking star power and rankings and all that aside, the fight to make is D-Rod versus Jorge Mazadal. That's just a super fun fight. Two very similar personalities. Yep. It'd just be super cool. Uh, but that's not going to happen. So for me, I'm going with the loser, Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, going down UFC 280. He fights either Bilal or he fights Sean Brady. And I'm down for either of those fights. So there you go. And for we got to talk about the lead, JK. We have to. We have to. I gotta go. uh, he deserves it. The man didn't get to wear the suit. He didn't get to wear the suit at the post-fight press conference. The man who got the short straw all week long, and even on the cards in a lot of people's eyes, I'm picking Vicente Luque. I'm picking Vicente Luque. Okay. That's it. That fight absolutely rules. I like it. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, horrible week for Lee. Losing the Tony Ferguson <laughs> fight, which he was really excited about. Uh, losing the Coleman events and just losing the fight on Saturday. Sucks, man. Sucks. Uh, this was. I, I'm glad he, he seems to have gotten a lot of good publicity. Um, but I wish it was more of the you know what a what a fantastic week he had publicity and not like kind of. There's a little bit of pity. 
There's a little bit of pity in there, uh, especially since he lost such a close decision in a fight that he performed very well in. He performed really well on Saturday night. Anyone who scored the fight for him, not wrong at all. He, he looked really good in there. Um, in a fight where he was giving up uh, eight and a half pounds, I think, which is just stupid, um, but he had to do it. It pains me a little bit to make this pick for him, not for Lee, but for it means the end of a campaign that I've been pushing for, I feel like, almost 18 months now. Uh, it's a powerful hashtag, which uh, did not work out for who was originally made for, but perhaps it will work out for our man, the leech. He deserves to fight a legend. I don't care to see him, uh, the rebooking of the Tony Ferguson fight. It didn't make a lot of sense back then. Um, again, good for Lee. I'm sure he still wants it, but I think we can do better. I think we can do someone who is a welterweight someone who is a former welterweight champion uh, and who was an entertaining stylistic matchup. My apologies to Tim Means. I just don't think the fight is going to happen. So hashtag, we are, we are going to continue to lobby for Robbie, but it's going to be, I want Li Jing Liang versus Robbie Lawler now. So I mean, hopefully- Is Robbie Means, booked? Is he? Yeah. If he is, I'm still, I'm still lobbying for it. I'm still, who's Robbie Lawler fighting? Isn't he fighting in December? I'll take the dude, I'll take the dude who hit here. I'll take the dude who hit here. Um, who is he fighting? He's fighting. Oh, Ponsonibio. Yeah, that's w right. Win or lose. Win or lose. Don't care. I want Li Jingliang to get that fight. So there you go. There, there's my... I, I don't. I, if he loses, he fights Lee. If he beats Ponsonibio, he fights Lee. That's where Robbie Lawler should be in his career right now. We're just finding fun fights for him. And him and the Leech would be freaking amazing. I mean, how much fun would that be? So, and, and Lee deserves it, man. He, he wanted Ferguson. Let's give him another legend instead. Let's give, let's give him Robbie Lawler. So the hashtag Robbie, uh, lobby for Robbie hash, uh, campaign it is now transferred over from Tim Means to Li Jing Lang. People get that hashtag trending. Hashtag uh, Lobby for Robbie. Hashtag the pleasure man. Let's get those going on Twitter and uh, let's let's really get people talking. Hey, let's give the leech Nick Diaz. How about that? What do you think about that? Sure. Oh, there we go. Thank you. That's Tyler Burrell, a uh, on to the next one veteran. <laughs> Teddy Caps calling me out for the doo doo. I agree. Listen, that was a doo doo pick. Uh, but Tyler Burrell, another uh, another ought no veteran. Well done. All right, so those are the, the big six names. We'll, we'll cover the rest of the main card winners. We'll go wild card, then we'll go to the peeps. So we saw something we don't see that all that often on, on this card. In fact, I've never seen it before. Aridi Aldana, to set the scene, great first round, almost took Mesa Chiesa's arm home with her. Second, Chiesa storms back, has a great round, takes Aldana's back, evens things out. Third round is going on. It seems like the momentum was was slowly going to the Chiesan side of things. Arena's on her back, and then boom, an upkick to the liver just abruptly ends the fight, and it was like a pride event. The kick lands, and it's just silence. You could hear a pin drop in the building because nobody knew what happened. But then you saw the replay, and we were like, damn, that was crazy. So... A lot of people, especially on the Aldana side of things, felt that there were title implications heading into this fight. And even though things got a little bit dicey here, we got this out of nowhere finish. Aldana has knocked out the other woman who people feel is the number one contender. This is one of the most unique stoppages in UFC history. Was this enough for you to get her to the front of the line to fight Amanda Nunes next? For me, no. Uh, personally, no. Uh, would I be surprised if she got the hell shot? Not at all. Um, she has a strong resume. It's a shame she couldn't get the Holly Holm win. Um, but outside of that, yeah, really strong resume. Even the Raquel Pennington loss was, was pretty pretty darn close, super close. You can go back and watch that one. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say, again, wouldn't say a robbery, but certainly competitive enough that you you wouldn't really hold that one against her. The home fight a little more, again, um, if you want to. But listen, Holly Holm should not be getting a next hell shot anyway. So Aldana almost moves ahead of her by default. Uh, and yeah, that was a great win uh, against Macy Chiasa. Totally wild shot. Um, 
I believe they trained for, but man, at first I thought, I thought, uh, uh, Chiasin suffered some sort of leg injury because when she went down, she was kind of holding like her inner thigh or her, the inside of her leg. But uh, no, when you see the replay, yeah, very clean heel to the liver. That cannot feel good. Especially when, um, listen, she cuts a lot of weight, Ms. Chiasin. Clearly did not have a good time cutting weight this time. They had to change it to 140-pound catch weight. And again, I'm not a doctor, but it's not good for your insides, Mike. It's not good for your insides. When you have trouble, you know, when you're dehydrating yourself and not having a great time of it, and then someone like drives their heel into your midsection, uh, and this was in the third round of a pretty exhausting fight too. This this was a this was not an easy fight for either fighter. You're you're gonna go down. So uh, really freaky thing and um, great finish for Aldana. But let's go with uh, uh, Magic Wand big time here because we really don't know what is going on with my choice. Uh, uh, Jermaine Deronda me. This was to happen Madison Square Garden last year. But GDR, listen, she's made a lot of money in this business. She's taking her time. I know coming back, she she missed that fight because of an injury. Probably could still be recovering from that. And if that's what she's doing. More power to the Iron Lady. Um, she should take all the time she needs. Again, she has she has spilled her blood and paid her dues in the combat sports world and MMA and kickboxing. No reason to rush her back. But um, if she can come back within a reasonable amount of time, let her and Aldana fight for, uh, for the next title shot. Yeah, and I, I see some different things going on in the comments that, like, mm -hmm. who else is there? Who else is there? Irene Aldana is a 35er. She's a 35er. She's missed weight. Yeah. I know this fight was at a catch weight. This, yep. She explained it. It had nothing to do with her. She was a pound away when she got the call that Macy was not going to make weight. And they were even concerned that Macy was even going to make the 140 catch weight. So she was like, all right, I ain't cutting anymore because I'm not going to give this woman any more of an advantage than she's already going to have. So the fight, I mean, she could go up to 45 and fight Nunes if that's what Nunes wants to do. If you want to do that, that's cool. But if we're talking about where she's ranked, which is at 135, we have to, it's a two horse race right now. I mean, kind of three if you want to really get crazy here, but you have Aldana and Vieta. If we're going to talk about fresh matchups, it's these two that you could probably make the argument for more than anybody. But these two have been fought already. Aldana knocked her silly, but here's how I would do it I'm not sold on Aldana versus Nunes yet. I think it's in Amanda's hands. She could fight at 35, she could fight at 45 and do whatever she wants to do. So, I say, even though it wasn't the most, these wins weren't the most like unbelievable and we're not really talking about them, I say just give Caitlin Vieira the shot. She's got wins over Holly Holm, over Misha Tate. Just give her the damn title shot. She's probably not going to win. And let's give Aldana one more fight. I'd like to see a little more out of her. Aldana versus Juliana Pena. And if she wins, she's next. And if Juliana Pena wins... Juliana gets her damn trilogy fight with Nunez. Yeah. This is yeah. kind of easy booking in my eyes. So that's good yeah, logic. That's the fight. That's good logic. Damn you, damn you, and your logic, Mike. That I is uh, what, what that I is what you're, uh, you're supposed to be super irrational after having no sleep and having to get ready for the uh, Patriots home. Are they playing at home today? No, I have not. They're been, in they're no. in Miami. Away start. Okay, away. Um, yes. Uh, yes, Miami. Yes, they're in Miami. Uh, Johnny Walker shut up a lot of us, myself included. Hand Big is up time. on that. Uh, I, I I took some L's yesterday for sure, and I'm okay with that. Uh, he got taken down real quick. I thought this was not Iwan Kutalaba. This is Diwan Kutalaba. I thought we we're going to get a decision here. Yeah. Gets the early takedown. I'm like, oh, here we go. Diwan Kutalaba is going to cruise to a win. This is a very smart game plan. But Johnny Walker, the heart of a lion, he turns things around. He gets control on the mat. He takes the back of Diwan Kutalaba. And despite the Hulk's best efforts to survive, Johnny Walker forces the tap at the end of the first round. And if you bet on Johnny Walker by submission, you got paid. Plus 1,400 was the line on Walker by sub. 
This is an interesting one. I came because 205 is jammed up right now. What do we do? Did I did I miss you doing this D1 Kuchalava bit earlier this week? Is this a new thing? Yeah, actually. Just now? It started last night. I just thought, last I, night. Okay. I was I, tech, I was it. I was hitting up Jed in the That's Slack chat. I'm like, oh, here's D1 Kutalaba. How does one man get to be so clever? It's not fair. It's, it's not fair. Me. I like that. Me. It's it's in my head now. This is the D1 Kutalaba thing. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, I had predicted uh, Kutalaba by decision or oh not decision, uh, uh, a ground and pound, ground and pound or submission finish. I thought he was going to wear uh, wear Walker down the ground and and um, and put him away there, but uh, that did not happen. Uh, Walker looked great. Uh, we saw a, 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 a little bit, a little bit of classic Walker. He finally got to do a, a fancy celebration, um, which caused people a lot of stress. I think they were like, "Please don't, please calm down." Did the worm? Did a, did a bit of breaking? And as far as we know, no, uh, no crazy wild injuries. Uh, how has he not been matched up with OSP yet? I, I was looking at. I'm like, I was trying to remember. Like, have they fought before? Have they at least been in talks of fight and nothing? He replaced OSP once for a, a previous fight. Um, I think that's the way to go. I'm kind of. I kind of had a weird moment the other day where, uh, sorry, after the fight, I should say, where, you know, Walker's like, oh, I don't think I'm done contending for a title. And I'm like, you know, he is only 30 years old. Um, he hasn't even been in the business for a decade. He's getting there. He's close, but he's not there yet. So he's got some mileage on him, but I think the good kind of mileage. He's got legit experience. I do think he's the kind of guy who can learn from some of these really, really rough setbacks that he's had um, over the past few years. So... I'm not, listen, I'm well past predicting that Johnny Walker's going to beat John Jones someday, which is, God, people remember that was a real conversation once upon a time. Um, but suddenly I'm not so convinced that he can't be a top 10 guy again and and find his way back up there. We know he's talented. Um, we know there's been some rough moments since he moved to train with SBG. Uh, D1 Kutalaba, you know, not like the most amazing win, I understand, but a good win nonetheless, one that um, Johnny Walker really needed. So... Could this be the start of something? I'm going to be super optimistic and say yes. Um, so let's give him a, a contender, a guy who's been around for a long time, I think could be a fun matchup in uh, in Open St. Prue. And if he can finish Open St. Prue, I mean, I'd, I'd be really impressed. This is tough for me. I, I feel like, I mean, I, I I see everybody saying the answer I'm, I'm going, I came up with, the Paul Craig one just makes perfect sense. But let's just say, I mean, let's just say they can't make that one happen. I mean, a lot of times, especially at 205, it's very, very... It's very difficult. It's very difficult to get what we want in this division. So I didn't go the OSP route. I'm going with Paul Craig. That's the answer I want. And that's going to be my official pick for the Otno point and everything. And if you're Johnny Walker, I think you need this fight to be booked because the alternatives are not fun. Because the other alternative to me is Azamat Mirzakhanov. And that is a horrible fight for him. <laughs> a horrible fight for him. So... I'll go with that and 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 just hoping for the best. I'm hoping we get Paul Craig. That's just a fun fight. We need to see it. But if we don't get it, it's going to be a rough one. And it will, I don't think it'll be OSP. I think it'll be one of these up-and-comers who, yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh, so let's, let's do the wild card. There's been a lot to talk about. This has just been a chaotic week. I don't even know how I'm speaking right now. But let's go to the wild card round. One fighter we have not match made for yet. And we'll match make for them right now. But we should also say uh, we should put over the great Chris Barnett. Oh, put over Huggy Bear. Beast Boy. Um, let, let's put over the Beast Boy. Apparently, he, I have not seen this because a lot of people are throwing this up there. There's a couple things that have been constantly messaged to me and so some things that I've seen here. One was the Johnny Walk, was the John Kavanaugh tweet in the John Kavanaugh thing where, oh, we got thrown out, no shoes, none of that. 
Uh, I talked to like other managers about what happened and the managers that I spoke with basically told me what Dana White said at the press conference. Like since the pandemic started and since they went back to arenas, they don't really let And I know for a fact that some fighters have like snuck into the arena and were able to avoid this, but for the most part, they don't let, they're not letting the fighters stay. You go in there, you fight, and then they send you back to the hotel and then you can do whatever you want to do the rest of the day. You can't watch the fights in the back. You can't watch fights in the crowd. That's how it's been for like two years. So this is nothing new. The no shoes thing was kind of a weird one, but from everybody I talked to, there was no like big conspiracy here. It's not like, Hey, Johnny Walker, get out of here. But it's just, that's just the way that it is. That's the procedure because of the world being what it is right now. Yeah. So just, just wanted to throw that out there. But apparently Chris Barnett had to take him, like a fan. He, he guess he went on IG Live and a fan had to take him to the hospital or something. Like it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I that that was so, like, I, I'm glad. I think, I see a lot of, um fans and things kind of commenting on it but i think most of the media was pretty much like we need to hear the other side of the story like this is weird yeah. this just doesn't sound like like we're like, like we're getting the whole deal here um john kavanaugh with respect i mean it does feel like the kind of thing he would just kind of tweet off the top of his dome even as almost like a like a piss take like i wonder like he's like oh well you know we have this great picture of us leaving and uh and uh how funny would it be if i tweeted this and said like oh yeah we just uh, look at this no shoes just kicked right out of the building so um I don't know if he was caught off guard again. Okay, so, uh, so, so yeah, just please, to clarify, Mike, go ahead, please. just to clarify, because I, I honestly, yesterday was such a blur because we were covering multiple things at once. So a lot of the stuff just kind of like fell under the radar because I'm watching, I'm covering one event, but I'm covering another event at the same time because there's so many events. Apparently, Chris was left at, Chris was taken to the hospital, but no one like came and got him from the hospital. So yeah, that's. I guess that's the story. That's what he posted on social media. I'm looking at ESPN's Twitter right now, who is the freaking partner with the UFC. And they're saying Chris Barnett did not let being left at the hospital after UFC 279 bother him. And it basically, I guess he sang a song and took it very Chris Barnetty. And that's why we love this man. We do. Oh, by the way, ESPN MMA also just tweeted uh, the 209, the stoppage of 209 thing. The official time of the stoppage was 208 remaining in the round. Stop this. ESPN, don't do this. You're better oh, come than this. on, dude. You're better than this. ESPN. Oh. Don't do this. Stop it. It's a cool story. It's a cool visual. I get it. It's not true. The official time of the stoppage. But I, I, whatever. Listen, there was 209 in the clock. So again, I'm not going to go nuts about it. Um, but yes, Chris Burnett, we love him, Mike. You and I kind of talked about it last night and even just before we started the show. Like, it would have been a fun wild card pick. But also, uh, we just want to see him have fun fights. So there's no real reason to like kind of scour the rankings and go like, Oh, who's above Chris Barnett? How does he rise up? Who cares? We said perfect world. They re-signed Rocky Martinez and we finally get uh, Rocky Martinez and yes. Chris Barnett, which I thought was going to happen like for sure when, when they were both uh, briefly in the promotion at the same time. But uh, uh, Rocky <laughs> did, didn't have a lot of success and got released. Barnett having just enough success to stick around and be his lovely self. That was so crazy. I, I, we can't talk about this enough. We were in the chat like uh, Jed Mishu had mentioned like, it, it, is he having a stroke like he he was so his face was so out of out of order so disfigured and like um in such rough shape he was there was that or was his jaw broken by like the neck crank that collier was putting on him that was a possibility again we talked about the doctor in the eye he could not see out of that eye um at least not for a little bit until the doctor kind of helped him to, helped him out i guess and he could see enough to win the fight so it can't have been that bad but 
it is strange that um that that continued i would have had no problem with it being stopped but i am so grateful to everyone involved the fighters and the physician <laughs> bad judgment or not that the fight did continue and we got one of the best i think one of the best most feel-good moments of the year uh, and one of the best feel-good moments since the last time chris barnett won a fight that's just the 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 brightness and the energy and the sheer joy that this man brings to fighting. So, uh, yes, out of respect for him, we mentioned him, but don't worry about whatever, who he's going to fight next. Just give him a fun fight. Um, no more, no more Martin Budais, please. Um, I went with Jilton. Jilton Almeida, man. I mean, <laughs> Billy Mills. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cole Conrad. I'm, I'm doing come multiple back. things at once. I'm doing multiple <laughs> things at once. For a minute, I was like, Okay, go, continue, continue. If by some chance people haven't read, by the way, Shaheen El Shadi's uh, Cole Conrad piece, please go to MMA Fighting and look for and look it up, um, or just Google it because it's if you look at Cole, if you Google Cole Conrad, it's probably the first thing that's going to pop up right now. Amazing, amazing catch up with the undefeated former um, Bellator champion. Uh, but yeah, uh, I went with Johnson Almeida. The closest thing we have to sort of like comparisons to Hamzat, like we were saying on the show, we've never seen anything like how Hamzat has started his UFC career, and I'm kind of like. We're kind of seeing it almost already with with Jailton. He is destroying the first three guys he fought. Yes, not top fifty, even you know, not even top fifty competition. But the guys are putting in front of him. He's running through them. It's ridiculous. His grappling is so dominant, fun to watch. He's an insane finisher. I'm ready to push this man. If he's insisting on staying at heavyweight, then let's not waste time here. I want to push him as high as he can go within reason. So we can't do Nganu, we can't do Sidilgan, we can't do Taito Ivasa. Well, people might disagree, maybe they can do Taito Ivasa, but I wouldn't. And then we can't do Curtis Blades. Um, those are my top four at heavyweight in the UFC right now. One spot behind them, a man who just picked up a huge win and jumped into my top five, Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, I did kind of joke before, I think in a previous show, whatever, run it back with Derek Lewis because people were whining about that stoppage, which I was fine with. Um, but since I don't think that's going to happen, I don't think they are going to rebook that. Let's go. Let's go. Jelton, push him up there. See him and Sergey. Let's see what happens. I think Almeida wins that fight. I think he's going to be small compared to all these heavyweights. I don't think it matters. I think his grappling is so good. I think he's such a powerful athlete. And I think once he gets down there, anyone who goes with him is dead. Um, I, I've, I've not seen him in a long fight. I don't know what his history is before the UFC of doing like, you know, hard three rounders or hard five rounders. So this it's certainly possible that... Um, that his gas tank isn't what it needs to be to be like a top heavyweight or a top light heavyweight. I don't know, but I'd love to find out. And I think a fight with uh, Pavlovich wouldn't go five rounds anyway. So um, yeah, I'm going all in on this and uh, listen, give, give, make him one, two fights away from a title shot. Let's just do it. Let, what, what are we waiting for? I like the pick at first <clears throat> you broke my heart. Cause I mean, as you know, on Sundays, we do the show and we're like running the site at the same time. So there's a lot happening. So I'm trying to like balance both of them, but also try to hear everything you're saying. I thought at first you said Almeida versus Chris Barnett and I was going to cry. I would never, oh my I goodness. I would never, I, I like, would, don't, don't do, that. do that. Please don't do that. Uh, oh, by the way, Almeida has gone to a decision once in his career and he lost three round decision. This is a uh, sure dog, uh, hat tip to sure dog. He fought Bruno Assis at a Shuto Brazil show. January 2018, lost by unanimous decision. So I'm going to try and dig up that fight. I'd love to see how that went. This was a long time ago. This was only seven fights in his pro career, and it is the last time he lost. So probably a completely different beast now. Um, might not be very informative, but I'm curious. I'm curious I, also, uh, I also went with Jelton Ameda. Mm. I went with him. I, I thought for a moment we might have had a Friends Forever moment because I do something that I typically don't do on the show, 
and something you do quite often. So I thought this is what we're going to see. I have to say UFC 278 changed things for me in a way where I have to, I have to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone in terms of matchmaking. I am, I am not a proponent of up and coming guys who are on surges or are flying through the ranks very quickly fighting each other at this point. But in this case, I think we have to do it now because we need to see who the guy is going to be. Now, I know we still have a lot of questions after UFC 278, and I know you might be thinking to yourself, Mike, this is UFC 279 last night. What the hell are you talking about? You should have got more sleep. But there is a guy who is talked about almost in a similar way who competed on that card, did not win, but you could tell that the altitude truly affected this man in a weird way after throwing Marching Tybora around the octagon like a friggin' ragdoll. Jelton Almeida versus Alexander Romanov is the fight Ooh. to make. Winner is the guy that we put the promotional push behind, and that's it. And I think, honestly, if you a month ago, I'm feeling a different way about this fight. But right now, today, I think Jelton Almeida beats Alexander Ooh. Romanov, even though I think Romanov is an absolute killer himself. But I want to see this fight happen. Only one guy can emerge and be a future title challenger. Not saying that neither guy can't get there, but it's the guy that we're just, we're throwing. Like, this is the guy we're, we're throwing to the top of the division. So, yep, that's the fight I'm going. That is, you got you to gotta warn me when you throw That is spicy. <laughs> that's a spicy, that was a hot pepper right down the, right down the pipe. That was, a, that's a spicy pick. Um, like, obviously, I have Pavlovich ranked higher, but like stylistically and, and, uh, I think Romanov is probably still more hyped than Pavlovich. Uh, I don't know how people are going to view that Tabura fight going back. A lot of people thought it should really, like, at worst, been a draw. Um, been a draw. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very strange. Uh, very strange outcome there. And uh, he can bounce back easily. If he took out Almeida, it'd be amazing. So, oof. That's a hell of a wild. That, that's, a, that's I mean, when we say wild card, like, that's wild card. Yeah. Jelton's a monster. I would My love goodness. to see that fight. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Um I mean, do, do we have any extracurriculars? I think we I'll should just, just go do, right into the piece. I'll just do a quick check the tape okay. and say uh, our, our listeners were mostly on point with Angela Hill getting booked to fight uh, Emily Ducote, uh to UFC Orlando, December 3rd. Potentially, again, once she lost to Jessica Penne, listen, Penne and Angela Hill are best buds. It's the same weight class. It just made a lot of sense for uh, Angela Hill to step in there and uh, and and try and uh, diffuse this 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 uh, Dakota hype train. Um, before before it gets going so um yeah that's a cool fight that's happening more than one person mentioned it and uh, a point a point to all of you I, sh I share this point with all of you okay the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from paris france reigning bantamweight champ patchy mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist magomed magomedov and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we already sort of put out the... We've disclaimed. Disclaimed? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go to the peeps real quick that usually come to us. I'm just okay. going to find some certain matchups. I'm not going to go through all of them because some people just send me literally every fighter on the card and we're not doing that today. So I'm going to see if uh, anything really sticks out. John Ray, who I think is in the chat, tra- in, in the chat, Barnett mm-hmm. versus Taffa in the UFC's first super heavyweight fight. The, the only two men, the only two men to ever miss heavyweight in the UFC. Uh, Aldana fight up, move up to fight Dumont, featherweight title eliminator. I mean, fine. Don't love it, but uh, he likes Lee versus Rodriguez too in a full camp. Holland versus Brian Barberina. Uh, Turd Ferguson. Hamza would have absolutely destroyed Nate and Lee would have absolutely destroyed Ferguson. Nate Diaz versus the Jake Paul Anderson Silva winner. Shamayev Colby. Daniel Rodriguez versus Luke or Holland. Aldana Pena. Oh, we got Doo-Doo. Damn it. No, already? Julian Arosa versus Darren Elkins. Booked versus JSP. Mm. Uh, Alatang A. Lee. Basharat. Gravely winner. Oh, God. Oh, Mike, you you just turned no. pale. You're, I no. just saw the color. I saw the no. color leave, leave your face. Chris Barnett versus Jelton Almeida. You're suspended from making Get picks out. for like two weeks. John Ray, you're in the chat right now. Get, no, I this isn't your... John. No, this listen, is I'm sorry, Ferguson. I'm sorry. Oh, Turt Ferguson. Oh, Turt Ferguson's a troll. Turt Ferguson's. Listen, we may. Yeah, listen, you're right. We had to suspend or ban Turt Ferguson going forward. <laughs> he had the, like, the ultimate dude to pick like a few weeks ago, didn't he? Oh, man. Just no. Stop it. Craziness. Um, Harry Duwaskin, do we have anything new here? Chris Barnett versus William Knight. I like that. Yeah. That's that's a fine sure. idea. Sure. Uh, Jelta versus Shamil, UFC 280. Apparently this, uh, and you'll agree. Apparently uh, this guy is not a Julian Arosa fan because he picked Julian Arosa versus Ryan Hall when he returns from the knee injury. Mm, RIP, RIP, Julian Arosa. Uh, they were on the same season of the Ultimate Fighter, right? I'm not crazy. That's a thing, right? They were on the McGregor. Are they not on the McGregor? Um... Uh, uh, you would know this way favor. better than I. <laughs> Let me, uh, yes. Actually, this is a season I don't remember watching like closely. They were on the same. Yes, they were Team Faber, Team USA teammates, uh, Julian Rosa, Ryan Hall. I'm pretty sure they did not fight on the show. Uh, no, because uh, Rosa was uh, beaten by the GOAT, uh, Artem Lobov. So he would D- not meet Ryan Hall. D-Rod Pereira, uh, Lee versus Steven Thompson, Kevin Holland, Alex Barono. No more fights for Tony. Uh, Marcus, Tony Ferguson, Matt Brown. Cool. I would watch that. Yeah. Nate, Nate Diaz, box AJ McKee. Uh, what, what's, what would the size difference? Do? I guess AJ McKee's a pretty big, I mean, we think he's a lightweight essentially. He's going to be cut in a lightweight. He says yeah. he's like 175, 170, okay. 175. I think, I actually think that would actually work. Creative. If they could pull it. Yeah. I don't mind that idea. Uh, Shamayev Costa at middleweight. And I've seen this a lot, so we might as well address this right now. Hamza versus Shafkat Rachmanov is his selection at welterweight. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like this is the time to do it. No, I think this has to be a title fight. Like yeah, if if, if Hamza's going to stay at one seventy and he be, if Hamza let's let's be clear at this point, and and I was wrong with my pick and I was a little grumpy earlier and I apologize. <laughs> if Hamza Shemaev is staying at one seventy and he can make the weight consistently and he fights either. If he fights Leon Edwards, he's going to win. He's going to be the welterweight champion of the world. He's going to beat Leon Edwards. It's going to, it's just no disrespect to Leon. What he has done, this moment will live with us forever. We'll be talking about that moment of Leon Edwards becoming the welterweight champion 
forever. Usman is interesting, but honestly, I think Shamayev beats him too. Like, I just, I'm, I'm completely sold on the skills of this man. I 100%. And Gilbert Burns is, is, is the man. He's really good. And I think a lot of people may have forgotten that. But this is a title fight for sure. And I actually think, and I think Shafkat Rachmanov is the real, real. I just don't think he beats Shamayev right now. I think we save that fight. Give him a couple more vet tests. Give him a couple names. Let him build that confidence even more. And I know he's super confident right now. But when that fight actually happens, and it's for the welterweight title, it's going to be gigantic. And it's going to be super intriguing. But I feel like if you do it now, it's too early. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm Mr. kind of like, oh, why wait? Just, you know, don't protect prospects. Throw them in there together. But when I say don't protect prospects, I mean, I'm I'm super happy to, like, throw in guys who are, like, within the same range. Uh, Shavkat, I'm going to go to the MAFighting.com rankings real quick. I'm sure he's in there. We have him pretty high. Uh, we have him pretty high? Okay, let me see. I'm jumping in right now. Right, and, and and we'll see how it'll be after this week. Obviously, he'll be a little bit lower just because Leon Edwards. Oh, no, no, unless he's behind. Anyway, sorry, guys, I'm jabbering. We had Shavkat number eight. Goodness me. So yes, uh, and well deserved. Well deserved. Um, he's an absolute beast. So, but I still feel like there's a when you uh, you know Shemaya's in the top five, and then there's a different tier, you know, from the next five. So they're not in the same tier for me. If they were, I'd be like, screw it, throw them in there together. I don't care. Um, but Shemaya's such a unique case right now. There's just nobody in his situation or kind of who has been in his situation, like in UFC history. It, it, it's a very weird moment where. He could contend at two weight classes, but also there's just a lot of heat on him for not even showing that he could make weight for the one weight class uh, this time that we all thought he would inevitably become a world champion in. Strange situation, to say the least, even by MMA standards. Um, but yes, uh, back to the Shavkat point. They're, they're just at different points in their careers right now. If the fight happened, I'd be super excited. Very cool fight. I just don't see the promotional value in it. And even from a fan standpoint, I, I, I imagine most people wouldn't be super interested in seeing it now. But you know how we'll find out, Mike? What's the, Mike, what's the best way? What's the best way to, to get the voice of the people? I always say, put up a poll. It's poll time. Oh, no. We got him going. You, you sparked him. You sparked him. I'll tell you, that, that, you this, this, is, uh, this, is an, this is an excited poll if there ever was one. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, let's see. There you go. Just don't, should they book Shamaya versus Rachmanov? Uh, next. Let me just make sure I'm trying to check my check my spelling here. Should they book it next? Yes or no? People, let your voice be heard. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, Drew Hilty, decent night of fights. Good to see Nate get the W on his way out. Nate versus Jake Paul is next. Tony, I am now with AK on this. All right, we're bringing it up. We're bringing it up. You have sold Drew Hilty officially. He is suggesting he is on Team AK. And chat, I want you to chime in on this because this has been a hot topic. Is now the time to do Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett? Do we do it now, AK? Let me see the comments. Drew, throw, in the com throw in the comments, people. Throw it up. Drew, throw it up. Drew feels like it's time. Drew Patty, feels like it's time. <laughs> hashtag Patty, Kukui. I don't know. We, we got to work on the hashtag. Uh, it's always time for that fight. It's always time. Listen, this is the right matchup. Let's make it. Let us speak this into existence. We manufactured. Listen, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say we manufactured this conversation a few months ago. We had a whole uh, a heck of a morning headline dedicated to it. Once upon a time, thank you, Mike, for for giving voice voice to the voiceless who want to see this matchup. Uh, what do we got here? Some people saying yes. Uh, a lot of yeses. I'm seeing a lot of yeses. 
purist noob nine patty kills tony okay let's settle down let's let's not we all want to see scott mccrate our pal oh by the way big shout out to scott mccrate regular listener of all of our mma fighting programming very supportive uh he posted on mmafighting.com in the comments his topology picks mike our pal scott was one insane chris barnett comeback away from going 13 for 13 last night that's the only fight he got wrong was the uh, was the Chris Barnett fight, and uh, again, it pretty much looked like he was going to nail that in the first round. So, Scott, next time you that perfect that perfect card is coming. Good luck with that. But uh, yeah, twelve out of thirteen. And if uh, a doctor had just done his job and stopped that Chris Barnett fight, Scott, you would have gone thirteen for thirteen. So, shout outs to you, um, Mike. The people have spoken. I'm seeing at least uh, it's not an insane thought. You're going looking at the comments right now. I'm pulling them all up here. It's not great. Twenty three, Danny T. Safest fight for Tony. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Shannon Roberson, hashtag Batty and the Boogie. I like that. Batty and the Boogies. There we go. That's a great oh, hashtag. Duh. Shannon. We got, we got the me. dumb as F in there. I mean, people are really getting <laughs> people are really getting after it here. Uh, Presser would be bananas. A lot of no's coming. I'm seeing a streak of no's and nahs. Okay, let's, I think a lot of these is people's uh, using burner accounts. Uh, we all know the real people want to see this fight. Uh, oh, Patty, D sharp shots. Patty versus Tony. London, let's go. I love how Ariel gets oh, yeah. credit for yeah. CM Punk's for quote. voice of the voiceless. <laughs> That's the best. This is how you know. Listen, you like listen, Gary Freeman. You're our buddy, but this this is how you know. Put down the MMA. This is how you know you're watching too much MMA. Watching too much MMA. Listen, except our show. Definitely keep listening to our show. Um, but yeah, no, listen, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, all right. So I, I think we have enough here. It's fifty fifty. It's still another debate. Maybe maybe this we'll have to part do this on on the show. You know what? Listen, I, I like to go to the peeps here. I like to go to them a lot. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna dig through. I want to go to the people that are here. Um, we've made this pretty clear that on these live shows, we like to go to the chat for these picks. Um, I'm just gonna look real fast. Yeah, and see if we have up. anything I'll, here. I'll mention some other stuff later, but yeah, hit them up. Holland, Demolador, D Rod versus Kiesa, uh, Walker versus Jacoby Roundtree. Winner, what if, yeah. Winner, that's this, there's an interesting one that I saw in here. Uh, there's Dad Jackson who has been oh has had some rough picks. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. He's got some doo doo. Johnny Walker versus Volkan Ozdemir, who's fighting literally a month from now. Uh, Barnett, Chris Barnett versus the Ultimate Fighter, Muhammad Usman. You like? Oh, this I saw idea. someone recommend that. People are kind of like, oh, they want to see the difference in physiques. Uh, that's fine. I love those contrasts too. But let us just say, by the way, Chris Barnett, you're a beautiful man. You have a beautiful body. Never change. Never let anyone say different. Uh, Mohamed Usman, also, obviously, great athlete. Looks great. But uh, I, I don't want to make this some haha thing. Oh, look how much more muscular uh, Mohamed Usman is than Chris Barnett. Beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. We're not shaming anybody here. Chris Barnett, you do you. Mo Usman, you do you. Um, that'd be a fun fight. Actually, I'm actually kind of into that. Uh, our pal Viking is spamming. Viking, please stop spamming this. I will acknowledge it. Uh, Patty versus Guram. It's a terrible pick because Guram would probably kill Patty, and that is not what the UFC is trying to do right now. So uh, I understand. I get. I understand the motivation behind the pick, but let's push that one somewhere down the road when they've kind of squeezed all they can out of the initial um, Patty Pimblet sort of, sort of hype run. He's on a hell. He's on a hell of an upward trajectory. Uh, and at some point, that is going to end. This is combat sports. No one goes up and up and up forever. Everyone hits a hits a ceiling at some point and comes down. On the way down, you make the Goram fight, but uh, we don't we don't need to do that next. And a lot of, I mean, just a lot of Julian Arosa fun. Julian deserves some shine too. Great win over Hakeem Dawudu. Uh, a lot of different matches for Julian Arosa, and I like all of them. So 
go do whatever you need to do. Uh, D Rod versus Luke Gay. Juicy J. Somehow not the most objectionable uh, nickname on the card. I can't believe it. Some Hobbs, uh, Rob Whitakers. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be done with with the readings here. A lot of them are very similar and the yeah, same. Yeah, I um, and we're just gonna go to the peeps here. But do you have any any like consistency? Just some uh, just some nice comments here. Uh, our pal Casey Carpenter, regular Otno contributor. Great job by all you guys this week, especially Mike. No, other way, Mike and uh, Jose. <laughs> I'm usually good at that. Uh, Casey says, I think we need an open weight <laughs> triple threat fight between Roy Val, Jacali. And then re-sign Dakota Bush. And the guys, I love this suggestion so much. This is the only time you can hear me say this. That would be <laughs> Raw Dog versus The Pleasure Man versus Harry. Uh, <laughs> hear me out on this one. Do Beast Boy versus Ty. No, come on. We can't do that. Uh, Ty, I, I mean, that would be amazing. And I hope we see it someday. Um, that's just not next. But uh, yeah, obviously a very fun, very fun suggestion there. They would do a shoey at some point afterwards. Yeah, they definitely would. Um, Almeida versus Spivak. Juicy J versus Sodiq Yusuf. Uh, Walker versus Craig, Paul Craig, uh, Aldana versus GDR. If GDR ever wants to fight again, I 100% agree. Um, Hamza versus Costa, so simple. Hamza, not a welterweight, like I said last October, and after last month, Costa, a baby face. I guess so. Super entertaining build. Uh, they should send Tony to Eagle FC. All respect to Tony. Let him go to Eagle and fight Diego Sanchez. Mike, you're not repulsed by this idea. I mean, it's never going to happen, but I mean, if somehow they did some 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 trading let's trade some talent if ufc had fun in that regard i would be okay with that but it's not gonna happen and then get some closer to that khabib fight finally uh our pal tristan gordett johnny walker versus tyson pedro he's always got some like, weird random deep cuts in here uh dennis tolulin versus dusko todorovic dude dennis tolulin uh, a surprising that was a popular the card. yeah I, mean, I know there's a lot of controversy with the, whatever the low blows and stuff but uh but um <laughs> hey listen he got his point taken away and he was still and he won so just was served, I guess. Things things worked out. You know, he got the point deduction. What else? What more can you do? Daniel Rodriguez versus Neil Magny. Good fight. Tough fight. And uh, Juicy J versus the winner of uh, Corintillo versus Alexander Hernandez uh, happening December 10th. So thanks. Like that, so, yeah. uh, Mike, I'll go back to social media after. But let's, yeah, let's hit the YouTube for a bit. Let's 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 see what we got going on in the live. All right. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do the show for like five more minutes. OK. Oh, OK. We do the show for like five more minutes. So for the next five minutes, if you have picks that we've not put up on the screen, I'm not telling you to like put them up a hundred thousand times. Yes. But if you put them up before we haven't gotten to them, if you had good matchmaking suggestions that we didn't put up, put them yep. up now. We're going a five minute free for all. Okay. We're getting like as many, many as we can. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about them. Yeah. My social media guys, I will keep track of your picks and I will credit you. I will, I'll give you guys credit down the road. But right now, let's focus on live live comments. What do you got, Mike? Here we go. Back to back. I love that. Back to back. Yeah. Tony versus Bobby Green. Yeah. At fifty five or whatever weight. That was my pick for Tony after the loss to Michael Chandler. Actually, I, I think I said I wanted to see him fight, uh, or one of his recent fights. I believe after the Chandler fight, I said, yeah, Bobby Green. Love the pick. Still works. Again, put him at 170. Forget this weight-cutting bullcrap. Um, yeah, I think that'd be great. I like it, too. Alatang Hay Lee versus Davy Grant. There's no nice. way that that's not a friggin' fun-ass yeah. fight. <laughs> awesome fight. Davy Grant has looked great over the last few years. Um, Alatang Hay Lee, 4-1-1 and in the UFC now. A little bit of a sleeper. A little bit of a sleeper at 135. So that's a good step up for him. Cons, neither of these guys fought on the card. It's fine. And I, I think Jack wins that fight easily. I mean, I like Ian a lot. I think Ian's going to be very good, but you got to build Ian slow. He's a young guy. Jack's real good. Jack's real good. Jack versus Jake Matthews. I saw Jake's name thrown out there. Jack versus Jake Matthews is fun. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of different things we could do. Um, I don't think we need to match those two guys up right now. But that's just me. 
Jake Paul versus Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Uh, hey, look, uh, Zuck. Say what you want about uh, business practices and how he's uh, how Facebook is destroying society, but you look pretty good. Look pretty good training with uh, with Kai Wu in that viral video. Uh, unfortunately, Kai Wu did not win his fight at uh, Uriah Faber's A One Combat Show, um, but uh, I'm sure he got a lot of Instagram followers that that weekend. Sure did. Uh, Matthew Ravelli wants to see D Rod versus Pereira. Mm-hmm. Also want Julian Rosa versus yep. Sadiq Yusuf. Like great picks, Matt. Very logical, solid matchmaking. I like it. Shamaya versus Pereira. I think Alex. Okay, Alex Pereira. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alex Pereira. Yeah, Pereira. Uh, yeah. versus Alex Pereira, regardless of outcome versus Izzy. Would you like that I idea? Think, I, I don't like it as much as Robert Whitaker versus Alex uh, Pereira, regardless. But uh, you certainly Shemaev could slide in there. But I do think Shemaev is like, oh, gosh, I, I I wonder how close they are to just giving him. No, he'd have to win a fight at middleweight. So yeah, the, no, the Pereira, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hamza versus Colby, very popular yeah. one. Again, magic wand. If we could do it, this is fine. I yeah, know they're, I, I, yeah, they're both managed Barnett. by the same company. I'm, I'm sure Barnett. they know each other, but they would just be like, okay, let's just go in there and beat the hell out of each other. This is fun. why we didn't do wild card for Chris Barnett because guys, matches up like Chase Sherman are perfect. Yeah, perfect. I mean, they're not, yeah, they, don't, they don't need to be, they don't need to be elaborated. Yeah, William Knight, they don't need to be elaborated on. Throw someone who's going to stand and, and have a fun fight with them. And that's all we want to see. For sure. A lot of Tony Ferguson versus Jim Miller. I like it. A lot of Apollo versus Hamza. I like it. Johnny Walker, Anthony Smith. Anthony's. I don't know how long Anthony's going to be out for, but he was, he had a pretty, it looks like things aren't great on the injury front for Anthony Smith. So it could be, could be a minute. Again, that's a guy who should, my dog didn't like that pick, but I I don't mind it. I don't mind mind it at all, but that's a guy who needs to take his time picking his fights at the stage of his career and making sure he's as healthy as he can be because Anthony's been fighting forever. And, and the last few, like four or five years of his career have been the toughest on his body as he's gotten older and been the toughest on his body because he's facing insane competition. So, uh, I just wanted to read. Sorry, someone just sent me this hilarious meme. Um, you uh, respect uh, whatever yeah, uh, those morning Queen Elizabeth, but uh, the, they did a graphic, a very strange graphic at the UFC. You know, in memory, Queen Elizabeth II at the beginning, um, and 1926, 2022. Her obviously her 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 uh, lifespan, and uh, someone tweeted that is an insane win loss record, 1926 to 2022. And I don't know why it just made me laugh. So that is at at Boss Mo's on. Uh, on Twitter, tweeted that, and I laughed. So, that's good. Call, call me disrespectful, but I'm laughing. Vikings going back to Chandler Dustin versus Fazeev. I mean, th- neither of these guys fought on this card, so we're going to try not to really focus on that. Uh, it would be a fun fight. I think Fazeev wants Gaethje. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, Till versus Holland would be fun. Yeah, Arosa, that was before, so right? I mean, Till versus Holland's one of the ones like we're trying to, we've been trying to get that together for a bit. Eh? They were supposed to fight. Uh, is this not a thing? Am I making this up? Till's been booked with like <laughs> most guys, so it wouldn't surprise I me. Think he replaced Till, maybe he stepped in for Till or something. Anyway, was that Fatori or could have been? Was that Marvin or Brunson? Been, it was one of those been. two, maybe. I don't know, probably. Or Till stepped in for him. I don't know. Prayer came from nothing and will fight us on you. So why can't Hamza? So why Hamza can't fight for the belt? He didn't come from. Uh, this is from Andrew. He didn't come from. No- yeah, he came from nothing. Oh, he had no. It's not like he had some history with uh, Israel Adesanya. Some notable history with Israel Adesanya, right? That uh, everyone talked about before he signed with the UFC. That's a. That's a pretty big. Uh, uh, did, did we read the comments? Sorry for anyone on the podcast. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said it. That Alex Pereira came from nothing. Um, no, there was a notable history with him and Izzy. He won the fights he needed to win in the UFC. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he got the he got the fast track to the title shot. That's that's true. If you want to say he got the fast track. Sure. 100%. Favorable booking. Yeah, but didn't come from nothing. I mean, it's a definitely a different situation. Listen, Hamza Shemaev, if they book him against Adesanya or Pereira, no one's going to be like, 
oh, this is a travesty. No, no one's going to say, we're like, okay, that's an interesting fight. And I got to be honest with you. I'm picking Hamza to beat either of those two guys <laughs> after seeing what I saw and what I've seen. Like, I'm just, I'm, I've been super impressed with this guy. Yeah. I didn't pick him to win just because it was just, I just thought all the dominoes were going to fall against him. It just felt like the vibe was going that way. I definitely wasn't disrespecting this man's skills at all. He's a killer. We've never seen anything like this in, in the sport. We've seen meteoric rise. We haven't seen a guy like this. We haven't seen it. And I think he has a very good chance of beating both of those guys, but he has to, there has to be some kind of punishment. Like there just has to be some kind of punishment. Fight one more time. And that's not even that bad of a punishment for a guy like that. Find him somebody who has talked bad things about him. Let him go in and beat that person. And then he can fight for the title. What's the big deal? And he keeps saying, saying, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill everybody. I don't care. I don't care who they put in my way. Okay, great. You don't care who they put in your way. Yeah. Look, then just take whoever the UFC throws at you. Yeah. I mean, him and his team have not been like going hardcore. Like, oh, we need to fight for the title next. They've saying they will. They will win titles in 170, 185. But they have not been like rushing towards uh, getting either of those fights. Yeah. Hamza versus Brady. We'll see what happens with Blow. Walker Ozdemir. Volk is both. We just talked about Volk and he's booked. Yeah. We already talked about this. Mike, it's, you know, this, this is how you know we're getting to the end of the show. Mike, never. What about this? Seven, Lucas no. or seven new Cavs, whatever. Mike Heck versus Alex Kaylee. Never. We're like the Klitschko brothers. That's, that's just, that shit ain't happening. Tululin versus Kapilov. Let's do it. Mike's favorite fighter? Yeah, for sure. Uh, football's about to start, so we'll go through this real quick. Uh, Holland versus <laughs> Michelle Bajeda. Zuckerberg versus Brendan Schaub. Viking, we already went to that. Shamayev Holland, too. Give, give him a full camp, baby. Yeah, geez Louise. Yeah, I, I just don't think that goes well at all. Maybe D, rebook D-Rod Holland. I wouldn't be upset about that. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Dawadu versus Tucker. A little Canada on Canada. Dan- no, Danny Caps, we don't want that. Stop it. No, we don't want that. We don't need that Canada on Canada bounce. What about Shamaya versus uh, Michelle Pajeda? Yeah, listen, uh, I thought about that for sure. I thought about that. I, I, I think Michelle uh, uh, Demolador needs a big fight. He deserves it. I just think, but I just think Shamaya just smashes him. I, again, and if we're talking about what we, what we were just saying, Mike, like we just want to give Shamaya a fight. We want to see if he can make 170 again. That's the way to go. Uh, uh, Michelle Pajeda also like an enormous um welterweight I'm, I, that's another guy who i don't know how he can make keep making 170 though he has for like a long time even before the ufc so he's fought at multiple weight classes but um i don't know how he keeps making 170 michelle Pereira is massive vittori versus hamza let's see where hamza is and get vittori a fight he can get his name back in i mean i that's that would be okay i just feel like i feel like costa if you're gonna go that route it, although vittori is an interesting matchup he's coming off of a really lopsided loss to Robert Whitaker, I don't think it does much for the Hamzat stock. It's a, I yeah. mean, it's a good opponent for 185. If he's just like, hey, I'm bored, I want to fight somebody, and they just need a fight night made event, and there's really no implications other than just winning or losing, I'm cool. This is like Anderson Silva going up to 205 and fighting whoever, and just James Irvin, and just a fun made event for no stakes just to do something and stay active. I'm cool with that. But if we're going to go to 185, you just do Costa. Or, or Whitaker. I'd rather Whitaker. do Whitaker. Yeah, I'd rather go with the guy who beat Vittori than necessarily just throw Vittori in there. Yeah, Juicy J versus Nathaniel Wood, AK. This is, I just feel like there's uh, this is from Chris Markham. I feel like this is like a dirty joke in here somewhere. So I'm not biting. I'm not. I'm not taking this bait. I'm not <laughs> taking this bait. I'm trying to. I, I don't. I don't need that. the ju- the Juicy J Wood matchup. No. I'm, you 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 wanted me to say it on air. There you go. I did it. 
You happy now? You happy now, Chris Markham? Barnett versus Tank Abbott. <laughs> uh, once Walker, upon a time. Let Johnny me just Walker's say, regarding Chris Burnett, the Tank Abbott thing, it is a shame that it took the UFC so long to sign Chris Burnett. And I can understand why. They probably, I, I'm sure people in the UFC were aware of him. I'm sure they looked at him like, oh, he's a short heavyweight. We don't need that guy in the UFC. But the guy has been fun for a long time, well before the UFC. He's just been doing fun shit around the world. They could have signed him. Five years ago, we, we we have missed out, I feel like, on Chris Barnett memories. But yes, guys, if you love Chris Barnett, go on YouTube. I think there's a ton of free fights out there because there's just promotions that don't have like North American TV deals. Um, so if anyone has thrown up his fights, they're just still there. Uh, Chris Barnett is so fun. He should have been with the UFC a long time ago. I'm glad he's here now. I'm glad he's here. He's here with us, my best friend. Recent Rocky Everyone Martinez. wants this. I see saw That's so it. many Rocky. We wanted it when they were both in the UFC. There's still time. There's still time. Rocky Martinez, if you're out there or if you're Rocky Martinez's manager, you're out there, please call the UFC. This is your way back in. This is a this is a this is a co-fight night, co-main event. Please. Patriots versus Dolphins, how's the game go? Call I'm viewing Mike. this, I'm viewing this game the same way I viewed Hamza Shamayev versus Kevin Hollins. I'm picking the Patriots, but the Dolphins are way better. <laughs> Like, and they should win. Uh, and there's, but this is different because I, I don't feel like the Patriots have like any good vibes and the Dolphins have any real bad vibes going for them. I just think Miami is going to the what there is supposed to be like redonkulously hot in Miami. So it'll be interesting to see how that fav that factors. But yeah, I don't think the Patriots are going to win. Like, with my brain, my heart is saying they're going to win 146 to three. But who knows? Hamza versus Islam, a 170. That would actually be really interesting. Someday. Someday. Walker versus Reyes. Reyes is booked. Reyes is booked. Yeah, that's too Izzy versus Bo Nickel. <laughs> someday. Again. We're going to see that fight someday, I think. Bo Nickel is bad. Boy, again, we're talking about super That's funny. Mike those. versus a hid. Uh, yeah. Heck of a morning. One of the best uh, uh, regular heck of a morning callers. My gosh. He always has a rant ready. And uh, uh, I will say, I hit. I'm sorry. I, I know he's he has his own. Um, he starts his own Twitter spaces out there. I've never joined in in one, but shout outs to a hit. If you guys want to hear a very entertaining, I heard I hear him on Heck of a Morning all the time. The guy's rants are great. So check out a hit and uh, and see his how his Twitter spaces are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going against a hit. I'm hiring a hit to be like Paul, <laughs> my, like my Paul Heyman. He is great. after a week like this when I've talked on air for like a hundred hours. I'm just gonna like sit back and let ahead do all the talking for me. Vittori asked the questions I want answered from Hamzat. I mean, he would. Sure. That'd be an interesting press conference. Uh, we'll take a couple more. Okay. We're, we're all just about the end of the road here. I feel. Shavkat said he wants next. He's not going to get him right now. I don't think he's going to get it right now. I don't want to see that right now. Build that baby up. Build that baby up. Is a hot dog a sandwich, AK? No. No, <laughs> I don't. Um, I, listen, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I don't get into food debates. I just eat food. Uh, I don't get into debates about what is what and what is, except how a, how a steak should be prepared. And as we all know, uh, Ariel Hawani is super wrong on that. But other than that, uh, I don't really have opinions on on food. So uh, wrong person to ask. But just just my my gut instinct is no. Hamza versus Colby is still really interesting to me. Like it, it is. I, I mean, Hamza would. would I, I think Hamza is going to beat pretty much everybody he fights. But I mean, the, the same way I view it, it's probably the same way I'm going to view most Hamzad fights moving forward that have any sort of interesting perspective from, from, from the stylistic side, because Colby like Hamza could do to Colby what he did to Kevin Holland. Like 
Colby is not the best defensive wrestler on the planet. He's a tremendous output wrestler, tremendous offensive wrestler. That cardio is unbelievable. And it's just, we'll see what happens when like Shamayev is just picking him up and heaving him around the octagon. And if he can extend the fight and Colby starts to get comfortable and put that pace on him, if Hamzat slows down at all, that's when things get real interesting. But I just, Hamzat's just such a different friggin' animal. And even when like he has the worst week ever, one of the worst weeks ever in UFC history, and you think that this man is rattled, he comes into the octagon smiling and he wants to like go right to the cage and like shake Kevin Holland's hand before the fight even starts. And then he just goes out there and kills the man. It's, I have no more questions about this guy. The only question I have is like, can he make 170 yeah. in terms of his skills and his men and his mentality? Maybe I have questions about if it's a five round fight and we get to like round four, but those are questions I don't need answered right now. Cause I don't think it's going to get that far, but as far as skill goes, I just don't know anybody that beats this guy. I would confidently pick him to beat Colby. I would confidently pick him to beat Boosman. I would confidently pick him to beat a lot of people. Whitaker is real interesting, though. Like, I just want to see that fight because it would just be a real... Like, Whitaker's fight IQ is tremendous, and he is very skilled in a lot of ways. I just... I don't know. Eventually, Hamzat's going to get his arms around that man. And he's going for a ride. <laughs> it's just going for a ride. It's the same way I felt about Habib for a certain point. Like if Habib just gets his hands clasped, you're going down. There's nothing you could do to stop it. So crazy. I think we're good. I'm going through a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of the same stuff. So thank you everyone for tuning in though. I mean, this was, uh, this was a, again, this was a weird, it's, this was a weird week uh, to put it really. There's I, I'm underselling it. I'm probably underselling it. Um, again, Jose Young's an amazing job on site and our whole team, again, pro props to us, props to us for having to call like everything on the fly from like Thursday to Friday, the press conference, the weigh-ins, the shuffle, the card shuffle, uh, props to the fans, props to you guys for keeping up with all this, for putting up with all these changes. I mean, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how you guys deal with it. Listen, Mike, Mike and I are in this industry. Uh, we're, we're in this till we die, but, um, as a fan, I don't know how fans put up with this and don't just tune out and go like, I'm never watching MMA again. This stuff is insane. You guys, you know how to roll with the punches. Uh, and I don't know if sometimes fans, you guys don't get enough credit for it. So thank you, fans. Um, and, and you guys listening, whoever it is out there that reads our stuff, that um, just follows this crazy, 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 crazy game. Um, and uh, Mike, I can't, I'm actually just looking forward to you doing the rundown for next week because I feel like, yeah, I know it, it'll be a bit, I, I feel like it'll be a bit calmer. I'm just kind of taking a quick look ahead here, I think. All right, here we go. Uh, next week, it's a fight night. It's a new, like a normal fight nighty start time, which I'm very excited about. Uh, a lot of fights on this card, though. A lot of fights. 14 fights. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, Song Yudong, the main event. Really good fight. Chidi and Jokawani, Gregory Rodriguez. Oh, so good. So tremendous. Good. Tanner Bozer, Rodrigo Nascimento. I'm actually supposed to be speaking to Tanner Bozer this week. Uh, his team reached out to me. Apparently he said some things that may have been misconstrued uh, to other websites and he wants to clear some things up. So I have to, I have no idea what he's talking about, honestly. So uh, we'll have to look into that. Alan Amadovsky versus Joe Pfeiffer. Everybody be Joe Pfeiffer. Andre Feely, Bill Algio. It's going to be fun. Trey Ogden, Daniel Zaluber, 
Nicholas Mota, Cameron Van Camp, Trevin Giles, Lewis Kosey, Damon Jackson, Pat Sabatini, Anthony Hernandez is back against Mark andre Berriol, Jillian Robertson, Maria Agapova, former teammates getting after it, Aspen Ladd, Sarah McMahon, Troni Gravely, Javid Basharat, and Loma Lukbunmi versus uh, Denise Gomez. That's the card. That's a card. That's a card. Again, I'm lo- I'm looking for some relative relative calmness here. I mean, I don't see how anything could happen that matches whatever the hell just happened over the last 72 hours, Mike, but but there we are. Uh, and I, now that I said that, Lord knows what could happen to this card uh, this week. But uh, yeah, looking forward to good, good old UFC Apex action. All right, we done. We got to go. Um, by the way, the great Shaheen Shadi just dropped his day after feature. Go check that out. It's really good stuff. That's it. Thank you all very much. Thank Hope you, you guys enjoyed such a chaotic week. Love I love all of you. I have like four brain cells left and my voice is about to collapse. So uh, if you are an NFL fan, enjoy the first Sunday of the NFL regular season, 2022-2023. Go Patriots. For AK, I am Mike Hack. Always remember, and this is something I could share with some of you in this chat right now. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. Join us next week on the Podcasting Network. We'll have more fun right here and on to the next one, the podcast. Good day to you. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.